not very happy that we didn't run together and he knew them and oh god and so now I'm like what were you doing hiding in the bushes like it's this big long long joke about like the how Dex is this huge cheater and all this stuff I'm like oh lord like no it was it was like a 20 second time difference and we got docked it anyways so it wasn't a big deal but we have to make we have to make fun of him all the time now and say that because he was super confident like no I got this you know and then I'm like what is going on with you in the water here <laughs> yeah he said uh, he didn't even think he was scooping water while on the no. paddleboard no I like, think he had like the opposite <laughs> end in and I was like how you're moving backwards like <laughs> I'm like you just use your arms at this point like lay, lay down on your stomach and do like that kind of like Aussie style paddleboard or something because you're not moving <laughs> Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer, and I am the Clydesdale CrossFitter. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Ody, and Kat Shear, and I, we are 40-plus Masters athletes who love the sport of CrossFit. We want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news from the Open to the Sanctionals to the CrossFit Games. We also want to share our journey to get fit and healthy using the sport of CrossFit. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button and consider giving us a five-star rating. We are now available on YouTube at the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends Podcast and all traditional podcast platforms. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Clydesdale CrossFitter. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale CrossFitter and friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am the Clydesdale CrossFitter and we are on day 4 trillion of the quarantine. And so with me, I have Amy. Hey. Kat. Hi there. And Charlie. Hola. And because of that day trillion of the quarantine, we have had a load of guests. And so we are bringing you another midweek release. Uh, and this week it is going to be Brooke Haas. So Monday, we released uh, Dex Hopkins, and Brooke Haas is actually his teammate on the Ramwad Meat Squad. And what's very interesting about this is we talked to her right before CrossFit kind of came out with the announcement of what was going to happen with the games, and we'll kind of talk about that after the interview. Uh, but uh, I reached out to her uh, two days ago and asked her what she was going to do because she finished in the top 20 in the Open. And she was on a team that qualified for the games. And she told me in a message that she is accepting her invite as an individual athlete. And she's hoping to do both that and the Mayhem Madness event that is happening for teams. Very cool. So uh, we want to preface this interview by letting you know that we did have some internet issues uh, down in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. Um, and so there is some points where Brooke cuts out a little bit, um, but the content's really good. She's really a fun person, and we wanted to bring you her interview anyway. Uh, so hopefully you can bear with us through those internet issues uh, as are typical with a lot of Zoom calls. Uh, and we'll talk to you after that interview. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing great. Good. Awesome. So where, where are you located now? Um, I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville Beach. All right, yeah. Northeast Florida. Yeah, I used to live in Tallahassee. Oh, okay. Uh, and my cousin was stationed in the Navy in Jacksonville, so we would shoot over there all the time. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. That's a great town. I, I mean, I like it. I live at the beach. I don't live in Jacksonville. If I lived in Jacksonville, I would, I would say otherwise, but... Um, I live in Atlantic Beach, so it's like a little intercoastal, kind of small community, um, lots of stuff to do. So, Yeah, lots of great food there. We, we love the restaurants and the fish camps. Yep. Yeah, so good. They're all real good. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, you. I'll introduce you to the crew. Okay. Uh, I'm Scott. I'm the Clydesdale CrossFitter. 
Okay. And then we have Amy. Hi there. And Hello. We have Kat. Hello. And we have Charlie. Hello. <laughs> so uh, we actually just talked to your teammate a couple days ago. Dex. <laughs> yeah. Had a blast with him. That yeah. Lost you there for a second. Yeah. Let me see if I. Good. I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Studying out all the time. I'm at my. It's usually gym. me, Brooke. So thank you. Right. <laughs> I'm at my gym, so sometimes it can. Let me see if I move positions. If it'll work a little bit better. Hang on. Wow, that wall is awesome. Ooh, what a cool gym. Oh yeah. They have like a, we actually just repainted that whole big mural um, while we're closed. Who's that mural of back there? I don't know. That's a really cool setup. Yeah. Have you guys I'd set up on the cheat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it working any better or am I still breaking up? That's You're better. right now. Yeah. They just don't move or... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Put your left hand in the air and just hold the phone. Right. <laughs> Great antenna. So we're we're really laid back. We're just gonna have a little conversation, um, have a good time. Um, I don't know if you talked to Dex since Sunday, but we we had a blast with him. What what uh, guy? I haven't talked to him about the podcast itself. We've had a couple other things that as a team we had to talk about and discuss, but um, no, I'm sure once I talk to him about it a little bit, he'll He's such a fun, fun guy and loves to talk. So I can imagine. <laughs> that's, a, that's a perfect description. Right. <laughs> uh, so first of all, you grew up in Minnesota, right? I did. Yep. Yeah. And what, what was that like? What did you do for fun and, and activity then? Um, so it was, I grew up in like super small town, Minnesota. Like my graduating class was the largest one. Uh, there was 99 of us. So super super small school um i would never take like that away and like never wish for anything differently um the community that i grew up in was great um it really allowed for me to i guess have like have some strong roots as far as discipline and um kind of just like attract on what i wanted to do with you know for my future um sports were a huge thing for me um uh, my dad I was like daddy's little girl and he was very much so about having an athletic person in his family. Um, and that just so happened to be me. My brother was more of like computer kind of kid. Um, liked all that stuff. And I was naturally like, even without my dad pushing me to really go into any sports or anything like that, I just naturally gravitated towards it. A lot of it probably had to do with just like the friends and whatnot. And it, it was also, um, that was kind of like all you could do. Uh, you were either in sports or you were in dance or you didn't, you know, you, you pretty much did one of those two things. Um, so I grew up, um, my babysitter was basically the swimming pool. I spent my summers there um, from eight o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night. Never really did any competitive swimming because it wasn't available at my school, but was just constantly active and always in the water. Um, and then I did a little bit of dance, um, when I was younger. Um, and then I got into, I would say once middle school started, I got into playing, you know, ball sports pretty much. I did softball, I did soccer, I did basketball, traveled all of them, uh, dabbled around in a little bit of cross country, really just to like hang out with my friend more. <laughs> um, I was never a good runner. Um. But I then, once I got into high school, um, was pulled up, well, I guess in eighth grade, was pulled up to play on the varsity softball team. Um, they were actually state champions a couple of years in a row. Um, so it was a very good program that we had. Um, and that was primarily the sport that I played. I did do a little bit of soccer um, and basketball, but softball was my main, my main sport um, growing up in high school. Awesome. Um so I noticed in one of your videos that you have a tattoo on your back. I, I do. Believe, I believe it says family. Yes. So family is really important to you? Yes. Yep. Especially now that I don't live 
you know, very close to them. Um, I think I just, I think a lot of people can take that for granted. Um, and I, we're like two peas in a pod and we, you know, if we lived next to each other, I know that we'd spend a lot of our days together just, you know, doing stuff. And I don't have that opportunity right now and, um, may never have the opportunity to do that. So, um, when I do get to see them, um, you know, I, I really cherish the times, uh, you know, with that. And my family has always, you know, instilled in me just, I guess, what translates, what translates to my life right now too. And just, um, you know, how I'm goal oriented and, you know, how I, how I go about my life, I guess, um, you know, it's all really owed to them. So. So what led from going to, that's okay. So what led from going from Minnesota all to uh, Florida? How did that transition happen? Yeah. So I, I was just dating someone who was from my high school and he came down here. He was in the military. Um, and I kind of was at a point where it was like, wasn't going to stay small town. Um, my town is so small that you pretty much could plan the rest of your life out once you graduate. It's kind of one of those places, I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, like you're going to, you know, probably work at the bank and you're going to marry someone that you, you know, you grew up with, and then you're going to have a couple kids and you're going to live in the cul-de-sac that you grew up in or something like that. And I just knew that really wasn't for me. Like just, you know, and, and people would tell you that in my friends, my family, like, no, Brooke was, she always was off trying to do, you know, her own thing. And, Mm -hmm. Um, I just wanted more, I guess. And there wasn't much available there. Um, and so it was just kind of like, a I was going to go for a summer trip. And then once I came down here, it was like this whole new, like, oh my God, there's a whole, there's all this other stuff. Like, I think this is, I think this is more my pace, um, right now. And I just kind of ran my race and I, I didn't book a flight back. And my dad was like, you're not ever coming back. I'm like, um, so I ended up staying and then I, uh, actually got a position as a personal trainer here, um, and kind of went into that whole fitness world. Um, and that, that's, I guess, really what made me stay was, was kind of a career path. Um, And when did you, when did you find rugby? When did I find rugby? So during the time that I was down in Florida as a personal trainer, like first kind of starting out obviously I, I was doing some of the fitness bodybuilding stuff and I was just active in the gym. Um, but never really, I mean, it, we, I would say that we were more functional fitness oriented gym than we were like old school. Like we weren't a gold's gym or anything like that. A lot of us personal trainers were more, um, functional fitness bias. So that was great to have that kind of like introduction. And even at the time I still didn't know what CrossFit was. Um, but I, had a personal trainer there that was like, Hey, we have an interview. Hey, and I was like, Oh, that'd be great to like add into some of this training. Well, I went out, um, and played with the boys and the girls and they told me I was too aggressive. <laughs> I got a lot of red cards and a lot of yellow cards. Um, but that's what I, I mean. I grew up like, sl- like sliding was legal and like all that stuff is legal. Um, I just don't think they expected it in, in like that age in that age group. Um, but I played like I was in college, you know, like that's how I'm going to play. And they were like, there's actually a women's rugby team that plays, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at a park, like two blocks up. You should go try out there. I'm like rugby. Like, I mean, I've seen it obviously, but I was like a women's league. I'm like, I didn't know that women played really. Um, I was like, yeah, sure. So I went and tried out and um, obviously they wanted me, uh, to play once they like saw, um, the background that I had. Um, and kind of like how cross it was for me, kind of just walk right in and I knew it was something for me at the time. And I just, I enjoyed the community aspect of it. I love the people that played the sport. I love the sport itself. It was very, um, demanding, um, but it was also very rewarding. And you ended up tearing your ACL playing, correct? I did, yes. Uh, one of my last games, um, I was at the All South and at an All South uh, tournament, and it was actually one before some Olympic trials and whatnot that we were set to go try out for myself and another girl. And first couple minutes into the game, I pop kicked a ball over a couple of the defenders' head, chased after it, made a weird bounce. I turned and. Nah, 
tore my right ACL completely. So let me get straight. You were going to try out for the Olympic team? Well, we were going to do some Olympic trial, like the Olympic trials, like go try So there's like uh, specific sections of the United States that they, so we were the all South, um, obviously being from the, summer, the Southeastern area. Um, but then they had, you know, five or six different other sections of the United States. And they would ask people from these, these essentially traveling leagues, um, you were there, you know, you were like their filters to get into, into that. Obviously they would do colleges and whatnot as well. But back then women's rugby was not a huge not a huge thing. That's really cool. That's something I didn't know that you were doing. So that, that's pretty awesome. So the, the tearing of the ACL, is that what helped you find CrossFit? It is. Um, I was told, so uh, my mom works for Mayo Clinic. So I went to the Mayo Clinic. I had, you know, some great advice um, on what I should do um, pretty much immediately afterwards. It will all continue to play level three contact sports. And at the level that you do play it at, um, your chances of like re-tearing or tearing your other one are very high. Um, so you can get the surgery done. This is what's going to be your downtime, your rehab and all of that. Or a lot of times what will happen is scar tissue will reform around the ACL. And a lot of people can go back to, you know, almost normal activity. But we do recommend that you give up, um, you know, level three contact sports. And at that time, it was kind of like at the peak of my career with um, personal training. So it wasn't just like, you know, I, it, I felt like it would have been selfish for me to say, sure, let me have the surgery, take the downtime down and do all of that. I would have had to have stepped away from my career a bit um, to allow for that to happen for the chance of me. You know, I was already considered kind of one of the older players um, being and all of that I was already considered that so I just you know checked and balance and weighed my weighed my options and I just decided not to go with go through with the surgery do the um rehab myself and kind of walked away from rugby um more like I said more as a career choice than anything so let's let's talk about your CrossFit career a little bit um when, when did you start CrossFit so yeah, so leading right after that, me deciding not to continue playing rugby, um, I knew there was like, I was like, I need to find something else, something competitive, like I've been a competitor all my life. Um, and someone at the gym recommended, hey, like, we've heard about this thing called CrossFit. There's a local affiliate that's probably 10, 10 miles from the gym here. Um, it's called Black Friend CrossFit. You can go drop in for free. Like they gave me all their information. It'd be something like up your alley and I was like eh, okay like sure so you know like naturally I kind of like googled some of the videos and I had seen like the the fail the CrossFit fails and all of that before and you know being in a global gym people are like oh look at these idiots like doing these kind of pull-ups and like walking on their hands and all this stuff um and so I was like yeah I mean I've seen a little bit of it but I was like there's no way I can walk on my hands I can't do that like no I was strong um just because of my background and being in the gym a little bit. So I was like, I could do some of the barbell stuff, I'm sure. But yeah, walked, walked into the Bay doors and it was, you know, similar to rugby. Like I just knew it was something for me. Um, and at that stage of my life, the community, like I was looking for some sort of a similar community that rugby had and CrossFit had it for me. So I think I was more attracted to the community than And then thereafter, the competitiveness of the sport and the, um, the sport itself, then I guess would be what kept me to stay. Do you remember what your first workout was? Uh, it was, it was Kelly, which is running wall balls. Oh my God. It was, it was horrendous. It was a nightmare. I'm like, and I was such a crazy person when I first started, I was like, Oh, this was so bad, but I loved that bad. I asked him if I could come back and do it again, like at the 4.30 class. I went to the 10 o'clock and I was like, can I come back at the 4.30 and do it again? And he was like, 
no. Like, please, no. Oh, so there's um, something wrong with you. I got it. I know. Yeah, right? <laughs> he was like, oh, God, here, we got one of these. We got one. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I would, I would say my first year CrossFit, that's what I did. I would come in, do the workout, like, in the, mor- in the morning time class or the afternoon class, and then I would come back later and – for almost a whole year I did that <laughs> so you're in the last four years you have finished top 25 in the open all of those four years yes that is pretty impressive yeah um I, it was it, it uh it was a lot of hard work the open was something that scared me so much for so many years And I thought that it was something that I was never going to be being a little bit of a heavier athlete. Like I just kind of always had that thought in the back of my mind, you know, Oh, it's lighter weight. It's burpees. It's stuff, stuff that I'm not that good at. Like give me a heavier barbell and, um, longer workouts. And I'm, you know, those are kind of the ones that I'm, I'm, I'm in it with. Uh, so the open, I always just had this negative thought about it. And, um, I, I, in 2015 I actually decided to be a full-time athlete in 2015 and I missed going to regionals by one spot that year and I think that year was my like my transition year of like well what you know like why are you doing this and what are you really trying to accomplish with this sport are you just doing it to like just make it to regionals or are you you know do you just want to do this as a you know, like a means of a career and kind of like being a coach and somewhat of an athlete, or do you want to go to the CrossFit games? And I think at that, you know, that one year I was turned down by a grid league team that year. I had just missed qualifying for regionals by one spot. So I think it was like, this is, I need to make a decision. Um, and I made that decision of like, you're either going to give it all or you're not going to give it anything. Um, so I, I transitioned and um, that I trusted and I started surrounding myself with people that were better than me and I trained with them constantly. And um, I think that was, you know, that was the big change for me to be able to see that, that um, those, those, those continual um, placements in the open. So I saw in one of your videos um, also where you mentioned that you noticed um, that when you reduced your volume with your training, that the quality was much better. And um, you also, I think you also mentioned being back at work. Um, so can you go into that a little bit and explain some of that? Mm-hmm. So in 2015, like I said, I, I chose to be, well, you know, like kind of right before that, I chose to be a full-time athlete. I actually became a partner and affiliate. I coached full time. So my whole life was just CrossFit. Um, If I were just coaching and just being an athlete, but not having to worry about the affiliate side of it, I think it would have been a little bit different, but having to, you know, answer emails every single day, you know, hundreds of emails and take phone calls. And anytime anybody walked into the gym, you know, it was my responsibility. And then I did the programming. I did nutrition with people. I coached every single class. And then on top of that, I was trying to train to qualify for the CrossFit games. Um, and I was doing my own programming. You know, I'd pick and choose some other people's stuff. Like, oh, I'd be like, oh, comp train, like, I'd like this today. Or, you know, I'd see some things from other athletes and I do some of that. Um, but I programmed for myself at the time and, um, it was just, it was too much. Like I, I never had a turnoff, um, from CrossFit. So I think I just burned out real quickly with it. Um, so when I took a step away, I decided to get out of my affiliate. I hired a coach. I actually left that gym altogether and started training at a different location, um, with, like I said, some better athletes that year. Um, and the significant thing that I noticed um, was that the volume was less. I wasn't training five or six hours a day. I mean, I was, and that's, I was doing three sessions, two hours a day. Um, a lot of it was weightlifting volume. So it did take some time. Um, but I would met cons nonstop too, like just, just too much. 
but I was in my mind, you had all of these holes. You're not good at muscle ups. You're, you know, you can't walk on your hands. Um, all, you know, all of the higher skill stuff that just takes time to develop. I didn't have, and I thought that, you know, back then by doing it and doing it more often that I would, you know, get better at it. Um, but you know, I mean, as it's not about doing it more often. It's also about like the quality of each session. Um, and that's any time that any new CrossFitter asked me a thing, I'm like, learn from me. Like <laughs> I went through the year of doing it completely incorrectly. Um, you know, less is more and just intensity is key. And you know, what, what you're doing in those specific sessions, whether they're an eight minute AMRAP or a 25 minute AMRAP and you only do it three times a week or you do it five times a week, whatever you're doing in those sessions, like make sure that it's of quality that you're doing quality reps and that you're doing it with intensity. Well, that's awesome. Um, so your first year in the games as an individual was 2019. Yep. Last year. Yeah. And the year of the cuts. The year of the cuts. Yes. I know. Lucky me. <laughs> Finally made it. <laughs> and so I guess it, was, it, it wasn't great because you just made it through that first day. Um, and then the cuts were, they took you down to 50 after the first day, correct? Or am I wrong? So it was a, like almost cut in half after the first workout. Um, I think it went from the one, I don't know, we had like almost 150 people to, I believe, 75. And then it went from 75 to 50. And after. you finished 55th? And I got 55th, yes. Yeah. So... Were you disappointed with that? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, I felt like I was in the best shape of my life going into the games physically. Um, mentally, obviously, it being my first year, I was a bit nervous. Um, I, I do have a tendency of being like, def I'm definitely a better athlete in my own comfort Love compete if I can throw down in my own gym like I don't know like I think it's just like more of a comfortability of like having your own equipment and you know knowing where the clock is and um you know like just little even little things like um how far you know I know exactly how far the pull-up rig is from where I'm setting my barbell up you kind of get just like used to like the times of okay you probably are going to have like 10 seconds to rest when you walk from here to here um and it's not like this super unknown of like, okay, we're going to brief you. But when you walk out onto the floor, like it's kind of a free for all, um, which is what the games felt like, unfortunately, this year. Now, having been to other sanctionals and whatnot, um, they felt different. They were a little bit smaller. Um, they focused a little bit more on the athletes. Like the Rogue Invitational was, for me, was the games. Um, the way that with the workouts, all of that, like it's, that's what I felt like the game should have felt like. Um, and this year, I think a lot of other females, well, a lot of other individual athletes felt the same way. Um, it was just, I mean, there were two head coaches or head judges on the field at the time of that first workout, uh, you know, with 75 individual athletes, like it just wasn't enough. Um, the, just the difference in, judging and all of that also is going to be, you know, any competition you go to, but I, I just think that it could have been run a little bit differently to hold a better standard. Um, I unfortunately in the first workout uh, got a little bit screwed um, and that by no means, I mean, by no means is the reasoning for me getting 55th in the games, but it had something to do with it. Um, the first workout you when you came back um, at the briefing, they told you that you're going to be assigned a section on the rig. There's going to be four ropes there. You don't have a specific rope, but you have this section that you have to be in. So you, you knew what your judges looked like. You knew the three other girls that were going to be in your section with you. And just you needed it when you finished, you needed to run there. And that would be where you would do your rope climbs. But first come, first serve on the rope in the section. So if you wanted to be closer to your barbell, you could pick that one. But you would still have a rope, a rope to go off. 
So we all went out, everybody, this, you know, the top 75 um, went out and did the 400 meter run. And when I returned back, all of the ropes were taken in my section. So I just had to stand there um, and wait until someone did all three of their legless rope climbs before I could begin. Um, and at the time there was, like I said, there was only two head judges out there. Um, I did notify one of the judges, but he was like, he just raised his hand. Um, so it, I mean, at the, it, at the time it didn't do anything. He was like, all right, well, I mean, you can use this rope now. But at that time I was already three full legless rope climbs behind everyone else. Um, and I filed an appeal and all of that. And they honestly just kind of said, we're really sorry about your luck. And they gave me, I think they gave me 20 seconds, maybe 18, 18 seconds, um, which it didn't, I mean, it didn't matter where I, where I finished in the workout. Um, I had like, I think 90 seconds and I'm like, well, there's no way I'm going to get 90 seconds, a uh, 400 meter run plus the transition of where I was with the barbell all the way down there. I'm like, so I just stood there for 90 seconds. But um, even so, like they were like, well, we'll give you 20 seconds, which they said I think accumulated for run down, which didn't my score at all. Um, so it, it, I mean, that, that can happen to anyone at any, any given time. There was a lot of stuff like that going on, people stepping on the lines, just just stuff that's unfortunate. Um, but I think that they'll learn and, and hopefully they can have a little bit better setup. Obviously not this year, probably with what's going to end up happening. They'll have a really great setup this year for individuals. Um, but hopefully in the coming years at, you know, when they're actually in Madison, they can, they can learn from some of that stuff. So you finished in the open top 25, four years in a row, you mm -hmm. mentioned row top 10 finish, um, which, in a, a stacked, stacked field to finish top 10. Um, and then this year you choose to go team. Yes. So that's, you seem like you were like just on the cusp of ascending in the individual division and you make the decision to go team, which is, which caught me off guard anyway. Yeah, I think it did for a lot of people. But if you look at my past regional, you know, experiences, I was individual team, individual team, team, team. Um, and the goal for me, obviously, I, growing up playing team sports and even like the rugby part of it, like I've just always enjoyed a little bit more of like having people around and the, you know, the camaraderie from, from having, you know, teammates and whatnot. Um, so it, it was an easy decision for me to do that. Um, and then it was even easier once I actually got to meet these, you know, the people that are on my current team. Um, they are obviously some of, some of the great, great athletes, um, but they're even better people. And I just truly enjoy training with them, even though we don't get that we get to that we get to do um and I enjoy knowing that like there's people that are always no matter what that like they're always going to be supportive of you and and they were I mean and I told them like hey like given the opportunity I'm still going to do some individual stuff this year if you guys are fine with that um like I had qualified for the Mayhem Classic and I was going to do the Rogue Invitational and a few other individual sanctionals um and then obviously I had already qualified for the games individually. Um, but they knew where my heart lied that I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to go to the games with them as a team. And I said, well, you know, if it, if given the opportunity and I can accept or decline a team invitation versus my individual, um, I'm a hundred percent going team. Um, and that's, that's not to say that I may never go back to individual, um, or do any individual things again. Like I still plan on like every year I would love to do rogue. like as an individual um the mayhem classic you know given that opportunity again i would i would go and do that um and a few other few other select sanctionals probably that highlight more of like a games type um individual competition well how great is it too now with the format that you can actually do that right i mean before with regionals you would never be able to 
go as an individual and then jump to a team, you know, within a year. So I think that's awesome. Right. Yeah. And that's, that is one of the things that I think with the sanctionals um, for people like me, because there's a couple other girls. I mean, Andrea Nistler and Taylor Williamson, they both have also qualified individually um, through the open and they, you know, they're team athletes through and through. They have been for quite some time, but they're also like, people would wonder like, you know, given the opportunity for them to go individual, how, you know, how great they would be. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, where it lies for them probably is in the same, in the same, they may have had a team sports background and they just enjoy that a bit more. Um, and they seem to enjoy the teams that they're with and like the people that they're with, you can just tell, like, there's some teams that look absolutely miserable. And then there's other teams that are, you know, smiling and, um, you know, you can tell they enjoy their training, whether they're together or not. Um, and I think that makes a big difference too. So how did the four of you guys book up? Um, so I met Dex. I was working for um, Chike, um, which is a coffee protein company at the Arnold Classic in 2019. Yeah, 2019, I believe. Um, and it was during the time of the open actually. And so I was working, I'd been working for three days. And then on Friday we went to, um, Dex was in there at the same time and he was like, Oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, I'm doing 19.3 or whatever. It was the squat clean tota bar one. Um, and that is like, I didn't tell him, but I was like, that is my jam, which I actually got, second in the world on it so um yeah little did he know <laughs> that it was really my jam um but he's like yeah sure like dex kind of just like cool boy like he knew who i was but dex is dex like he's just this big personality and you know he expects people to kind of know him and um and and people do um a lot of people know him for his hair more than like his name uh <laughs> but uh so he's like yeah i'll do it with you so we start warming up and we do it and we get i think we get like three or four minutes and he's like excuse my language god damn he's like I didn't know I was doing this against the best person in the world at this workout <laughs> but like <laughs> middle of the workout he's like tripping up on uh double unders and he was like just completely defeated and I think I finished probably like six minutes ahead of him <laughs> um and he was like all right well so um what are your plans this year? <laughs> kind of. He's like, I, you know, he's like, I want to get back into doing a team thing. And I was like, yeah, um, I kind of have like a little affiliate team, um, in Jacksonville, but I was like, we definitely are missing like guys. Like we have good girls, but I was like, we don't have that. We don't have any strong guys. And he was like, Oh, okay. Well, like I'd be down. So he's like, let's form a team and like, let's think on it and see who we can get and all this stuff. So we stayed in contact. Um, and, he was like, I think I have a girl. I met her at Wadapalooza and she's friends with friends of mine. Her name's Kelly Baker. And I was like, I think I've heard that name. So I looked her up and um, I was like, yeah, I know who she is. And he's like, yeah, she's really good. She's good. She's strong. She has good like endurance background, which you kind of want female, like weak female going to the games. Like you're going to have an issue probably. And if you don't have someone that's, you know, that can run and swim and bike and do long distance endurance stuff you're probably not going to have a good time there either the rest of the stuff you can kind of fill in um or improve on um in a short time and then he was like and hey, my buddy Chandler and I knew Chandler for the longest time um I was like well of course like that'd be great but doesn't Chandler want to go individual and he's like no I bet you he'd do team with us so Chandler we got Chandler and Kelly to agree to do um the French throwdown in 2019 uh just outside of Paris. And um, so we had everything booked and planned and then Chandler had something come up with the military. So it was kind of like last minute scramble to find someone else. And Kelly's like, oh, well, I know this guy, Chris. And then Dex was like, oh, I know him too, Christian Harris. And I was like, well, I know who he is, but I've, you know, I've never seen him. Um, he and his, who's actually now my coach, were at the Mid-Atlantic Challenge qualifier or at the Mid-Atlantic Challenge, um, and they were working out at one of the gyms, and I had to do a Granite Games qualifier, like, the day before the competition, and they thought I was crazy, so they were just making fun of me, <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was them. I do know who they are, 
Um, but then, yeah, small world come full circle. Uh, Christian was like, I'm down, let's go. And we went, we all met up. I met Kelly at the airport on the way there for like the, the first time ever. Um, you know, Christian, we met there kind of basically, uh, for the first time ever. And we had an absolute blast. We had such a great weekend. Um, we got second, like right behind Invictus. So we were like, man, we're actually kind of good at this fitness stuff together. Maybe we should, you know, make Um, and then it was like, what, you know, from there, like, what can we do now? So then it just kept the ball rolling. Um, and we did a few other things like training camps and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, and here we are. <laughs> so we talked to Dex, uh, like we were saying earlier this weekend and we, um, asked him about France uh-huh. And he, so he couldn't totally remember, but he said, I think it has something to do with the paddleboard and then running and sprinting. And I asked the judge if I had to wait for my partner. So is that the right story that you were thinking yeah. of? Okay. Yeah. So that was the dirt that we'll have to give on him. So, uh, I mean, and people will say this, like, so you either had to decide in that workout to run like a 7k with another your other partner but it had to be male female or you had to do like a thousand meter sprint a paddleboard a 500 meter paddleboard longer than a thousand I think I think it was like you know 1500 or something like that and uh Dex at the time we knew he wasn't a great swimmer and I was like okay well like I mean, have you ever paddleboarded? And he's like, no, not really, but I got this. Like he was, he's just like super confident, which makes you are like, you're like, okay, like you got this. Like, yes. Okay. You're, you're fine. But we, he was like, no, I'm not long distance. And I'm like, no, I'm not either. Kelly like runs marathons and Christian, like he's just, he's the endurance guy. So we knew already. So we're like, well, we're just kind of stuck in this place. So I was like, well, I've paddleboard before. Like I'm fine with it. And I had actually just recently, um, did a training camp with training think tank. And we did like this big day of like stand up paddleboard and all this stuff. So I was like extra confident that I was like, I got this. I was like, the run is going to suck. Like even with it being that short, it's just like really fast for kind of a, like a mid distance. I was like, it's not. Best. Um, so we went out and he was, I would say like, I don't know, 200 meters ahead of me, got in the water, and then I passed him on the paddleboard. And I was like, come on, you got this. Like, grab the back of my board or something. I don't care. Like, you got this. But I was like, you need to be able to catch up to me because you were supposed to run together and, like, finish together and all this stuff. Well, we didn't do that. We were like, just run. And, like, and then at the very end, like, well, I'll either wait for you or you wait for me. But a lot of people did it. <clears throat> um, so we I'm running and I'm like he's definitely gonna catch up to me like Dex is three feet taller than me he beat me into the water well he doesn't um <laughs> so we're running along and I you know I'm at I see the finish line and I'm like all right well I have the timing chips so I'm just gonna run through so ran through and Dex was actually kind of like right behind me but we had some people very happy that we didn't run together and he knew them and oh god and so now I'm like what were you doing hiding in the bushes like it's this big long long joke about like the how Dex is this huge cheater and all this stuff I'm like oh lord like no it was it was like a 20 second time difference and we got docked it anyways so it wasn't a big deal but we have to make we have to make fun of him all the time now and say that because he was super confident like no I got this you know and then I'm like what is going on with you in the water here <laughs> Yeah, he said uh, he didn't even think he was scooping water while on the no. paddleboard. No, I like, think he had like the opposite <laughs> end in, and I was like, "How you're moving backwards?" Like, <laughs> I'm like, just use your arms at this point. Like, lay down on your stomach and do like that kind of like Aussie style paddleboard or something, because you're not moving. <laughs> so then you guys, you guys form that team, and you go on, and you become the first games qualifier of the 2020 season. Uh, in Ireland. So Dex said Ireland was awesome. You guys had a blast there uh, as well. Uh, did you enjoy Ireland? It was. I did. Ireland was great. It was a little bit cold, but um, like the, the event itself, like the people that put it on and the community there it was so great. And I'm sure a lot of people saw it too. Like 
um, just even some of the individual athletes and how they interacted with the crowd there and stuff. It was just, it was, it was really, really cool. And then obviously like Dublin itself was a very cool, very cool thing, you know, to be able to get to travel just in itself is, is an amazing thing. Um, and especially when it's something that you love to do. Um, but it's even better when it's with like people that you love too. So it was really, really great. And it was, it was just like the perfect weekend, obviously with the cherry on top of, um, you know, qualifying and, and having that, that happen first, you know, being the first team. Yeah. Just, it's kind of a bummer with what's happened since then that you may not get the chance to, uh, carry out that invitation. Um, it's just not looking promising at this moment. Uh, but you guys did go to Wadapalooza minus Dex uh, and did well there as, as well. Yep. Wadapalooza was good. Um, filled it in with Tim and Tim's such a great guy too. Um, complete opposite of Dex, uh, like just personality wise. Um, but both equally as great people. Um, and he also, he just plugged into the team really well. He knew, he kind of knew coming in, like, you know, who we were and kind of what we were about. And he just blended with us well, you know, like there's some people that you could probably put in and it would just be like throwing a bee in a, in a, you know, a, a glass case or something like that. Um, it just wouldn't fit very well. And luckily for us, Tim just plugged in and kind of like went with the flow and he had some good recommend. Of like what we should do um and he also it was nice I think for him um because he was an individual athlete like it took some you know took some stress off him we all could just have a fun weekend we knew we were there to like hey you know we're still like a you know a sponsored team so we don't want to like completely shit the bed <laughs> um but like we're here to have fun and this is also a good training weekend for us not only as individual athletes but as a team and then for Tim too just to you know have a little bit of um of a competition there afterwards. He was actually at filthy 152 and he went as an individual. So it was nice for him and kind of like all of us having already qualified, um, allowed to kind of continue through our off season. A lot of people have to peak for Wadapalooza if they want to show out. Um, and that makes for such a long season. So for us to not have to go through that crazy, like, Hey, we're peaking and then we're going back down and we're peaking. We just dreams training um and roll right through it was great um and yeah it was a great weekend so so now with everything up in the air what does next season look like are you just putting your eggs in that basket now or are you holding out hope for some kind of team competition um i there's already stuff in the works and i can't say it i i don't think i'm allowed to um but there are some stuff in the works right now for some sort of a team competition, even if the CrossFit games don't host them themselves. Um, and that's kind of just through like us team people that have already qualified or some people that would have expected to qualify had they been able to go to some sanctionals. Um, and I think it'll be put on, you know, obviously well. Um, if you think of the teams that have qualified, we have, you know, some people that would back us to create some sort of a competition may it may it be still some sort of crossfit games affiliated stuff who knows um it may not be but as you've seen you know kind of the sanctionals go like the you necessarily necessarily don't need complete backing from the crossfit games to have um you know the fittest team on earth still crowned people would still i think recognize you if you went and competed against the teams that a have already qualified and have in the past qualified and done very well too that that's incredible news. Um, thank you for sharing that. This probably won't go out for a little bit, so we may be behind the announcement anyway. Uh, but that's really cool to know. Yeah, I mean, if you think of uh, the people that have already qualified, there's no way they're going to lay down and be like, "Well, we'll wait till next year." I mean, no. Like, yeah. we we do this for a living, and we do it to compete. We don't do it to just train in our garages and train in our gyms and whatnot. <clears throat> and then, you know, never really have. So I think I think we're already kind of ahead of the the thought that there isn't going to be a team competition, even though there are so many, there's so few teams qualified. I just think logistically at Aromas, it would be very tough for them um, 
to, yeah, I mean, you already have four people on a team, then, you know, if there's any of the social distancing stuff, it just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't go very well with, I guess, what the guidelines might be at that point. So um, it's unfortunate because aromas would be so cool. Um, it'd be like a dream come true to go there and, you know, compete, um, which I actually potentially may have the opportunity to I haven't explored that yet um, if they do decide to not go through with team I will be emailing CrossFit and asking if I can retroactively reaccept my individual invite and comp compete as an individual still um, myself Taylor and Andrea all kind of are up in the air. you know would you guys be on board to kind of petitioning and uh, you know asking if we could have our individual invites back um because myself and another were top 20 in the world um even without like the shuffle and all of that stuff so um you know we flat out i think i think you're on to something there i definitely think you're on to something there i think if we end up doing an individual thing in aromas i think it's absolutely going to be open to those those individuals from the open and probably not even sanctioned potential right Thanks. right yeah and that's what i was thinking i was like for them to potentially keep it smaller they might just say okay no sanctionals no national champions it is only going to be the top 20 that qualified which and then like i said lies for me like okay well then i did you know i did do that and myself and andrea did um and i know we'd love the opportunity to whether i be in individual shape or not by then i don't care to be there um, I'm going to be training for the games no matter what, whether it's an individual or whether it's a team. So um, I'm hoping that, you know, maybe I could potentially experience both this year. That would be, that would be great too. So. So again, so what are you looking at next year at all? Or are you just focusing on what's, what's going to happen this year and then worry about next year when that's all done? Um, I mean, for the future, I've kind of said that I've been on a three year, I'll be on kind of a three year team thing. Um, I've always given the open everything, uh, especially now more so because team's not guaranteed. Um, the only way that you can guarantee yourself is by going through the open and qualifying right then and there. Um, and setting that's, that's your best opportunity to set yourself up for that. So I'm always going to still try to qualify as an individual. I'm still going to do some individual competitions, um, some individual sanctionals. Um, but as far as the games goes, I'll, if we do end up qualifying and I'll be going, I'll be going games for, I mean, at least the next three years, that kind of brings me up to then the masters. Um, and then I can decide whether I want to do individual masters. If I still qualify individually in the open division, if I want to do that, um, or, you know, if we're still together or whatnot as a team, but, um, I think, it, you know, that, that set me up a good time frame. you know, leading me into that master's group. Um, and then I can make, you know, reevaluate and make a decision from there. So let's finish up with just a little bit of uh, personal stuff. So what, what do you do for a living? Um, so I am the head coach for CrossFit Total Control here in Jack's Beach. Um, I do that. And then I do nutrition um, with some of the clients here. I do some personal uh, training as well. Um, not really on the CrossFit side. Um, but a lot, a lot of fitness. Um, cool coach uh so um i gotta ask you is the the, the tattoo sleeve mm -hmm. any inspiration behind that oh uh, yeah the the i mean a lot of people know what a phoenix you know what it kind of stands for um and it typically just means that you know you you've rose from the ashes of 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 your past or of of a bad experience in your life and um it's kind of a new you and for me, I think it was just kind of like a growing, a growing phase for me of going through kind of finding out who I was, what I really wanted in life, um, and the path that I wanted to set myself on. Um, and CrossFit had a lot to do with it. Um, but there was a lot of temptation to kind of like give up, go back to Minnesota and do stuff like that. I mean, just being a, being a young single female, in your life and I think that the easiest thing would have been to just kind of go back home and like go back to what you know would be safe and whatnot um and I didn't and I 
am, you know, at the time that I got the tattoo was very, very happy with where I was in my life and all that. And I am obviously still currently very happy at where I am with my life. Um, so I think it's just something that reminds me of like what hard work and, and dedication and perseverance does and, um, what better way to do that than display it in something, you know, some, some sort of beautiful artwork. And did I see in my research that you're engaged? I am. Yes. Yep. My fiance, Jimmy and I, um, are going to be getting married in Portugal in August, 2021. Yes, I know. Going for it. Uh, travel, travel everywhere. He like, he's a big surfer and his family's from New Jersey. My family's from Minnesota. So we knew we kind of didn't want We should have it in the States. Um, and Florida is not really our home either. Um, I mean, it's our home right now, but I mean, it's not, you know, home, home. So I think it was easy for us to kind of say, well, let's just do a destination wedding and kind of make it a big vacation for a lot of people. Um, and we have a lot of our friends that are going to come with us. Um, our close family is going to be there with us. And then we've invited them to come along and just like do a little pond hop over and go to Italy on our honeymoon with us and do some stuff like that. So it'll be fun. That, that's incredible. Congratulations um, ahead of time. That, that'll be an amazing wedding, I'm sure. Yes. I'm but now, Tony Baloney and Abbott won't be able to attend. I right? know. My little wiener, Tony Baloney. If I can get him over there, I will because I've always, I mean, I would love to have him um, be our little ring bear and Abby. I don't think Abby would do very well on that long of a flight. Um, we'd have to tranquilize her or something. Tony <laughs> uh, would be told. easiest dog ever you like hold him upside down like a baby and he'll fall asleep like just yeah um but no I don't think that we'll end up bringing them over unfortunately <laughs> well that's all the questions I had for you I, I'm so appreciative of you taking some time out uh, to spend with us it was a great conversation it was great getting to know you uh and congratulations on everything you've accomplished so far and hopefully we'll see even more of that in the future yes thank you guys so much for having me and thank you for taking the time yeah. yeah, it was so great to talk to you. Yeah, yep. hopefully you guys can talk to some of the are my other little meat squad people. Um, yeah, they'll tell you some funny stories about me, I'm sure too. So, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. We'd love to. Love to. Well, we'll talk to you soon, Brooke. Thank you so much. All right, have a great day. You too. You too. Bye. Bye. So that was a fun interview with Brooke. It's going to be really interesting to see if she can pull off the double of doing both the individual competition and uh, the Mayhem Madness. And speaking of those, big news this week uh, with CrossFit releasing on their page and Dave Castro on his Instagram uh, of what the process is going to be to whittle down the field to hold the games at the ranch. And we kind of speculated some of that, um, that there were going to be cuts. We thought maybe there might be an online qualifier. That is not happening. It is just straight the top 20 and the sanctional winners from, is it nine or 10 sanctionals? I think it's 10. 10. 10. Yeah. 10. And some of, those, some of those invites have been rescinded, right? Based on the top 20. So like my girl, Fiso Gaffi, Mm -hmm. who qualified at the Mayhem Classic because Danielle Brandon, yes. um, I guess, was going team, right? Is that? No. no, she, was, no she, was. She, she just declined her invite? or So she was right on the cut line with the national champion. She got in got it. on okay. the cut line, but now that they removed the national champions, got she it. Okay. didn't. So now she needed the Mayhem yeah, so they basically totally reset the whole the invites and then started back with the open, first top 20 of the open, and then for the sanctionals that did happen, it was a reset. And now, um, yeah, because like Kelsey Keel no longer has her invite. Correct. Right. Mm -hmm. Bummer. Emily Rolf, mm -hmm. she lost hers. Um, a, a few national champions who are right outside that top 20 lost theirs. Uh, and they're just kind of waiting to see what the travel restrictions do. Because um, some people may rescind theirs because they can't make it to California. So, um, Scott, I was laughing because if, if we go back to the original leaderboard of the Open, your boy, Leftris. 
was on there. <laughs> My boy left her Theophanides. He's back in the top 20. He's in the top. I think he, he was third. He was third in the open. He gone. I made somebody happy. Back in. Yeah, so we're, we're down to 21 on the men's side, and Rich <laughs> has officially declined already. Right. So you're actually to 22 on the men's side. But as we just talked to um, Brooke Haas, she's going to try to do both, who she did rescind hers, and now she's accepting it. So that makes things weird because I think Katrin is at 24. Yeah. And she may not get in. Yeah. And this is, this is all, here I go again, my polypragmatist. Oh, this is all assuming that something can actually happen at the ranch, right? I know, yes. you know everyone's losing their minds over all of this, and I love the conversation, and it's fun to play it out. I, I still just don't know how it's going to happen. I heard that California just extended their stay at home like another month or two or five. I don't know. So on the positive flip side of that, Arizona just announced that they are open for professional sports Saturday. Well, then they should just have it in Arizona. There you go. Right? Yeah, so I think that that's the first state to do that. I'm sure others are going to follow because there's going to be a cash cow for these like UFC fights, boxing matches, uh, WWE, um, you know, they're talking about doing like an, an NBA, NCAA tournament style to, to, to crown the champion this year, uh, where you play into a tournament and you have to win the tournament to win it. Um, and that's going to be held at one location. So if you can be the state to get that, that's, that's money to your economy after this big, long, no economy period. So, yeah, I, I think some states are going to jump in there. So I, I think that's possible. You know, I wish CrossFit wasn't so ingrained on having it at the ranch Mm -hmm. uh, because I do think they could do it in like an Arizona or a Florida or a Texas. They may may be forced to change their mind. I I, I think their their deep desire to hold something hopefully, you know, won't hamstring them into just being very stubborn about it having to be at the ranch. So we'll see. So speaking of Jim's holding something, um, you know, it was announced on Mayhem's uh, Instagram page and Rich's Instagram page that they will be we they will be hosting a team competition called the Mayhem Madness. Who I called it. I called it. You did. Did I you call did. it? You did. So did. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> I was thinking Rogue, but that's yeah. just because that's where my brain's going being here. Sure. So they are inviting the nine teams that qualify because Mayhem didn't have a team competition at their sanctional. So there's nine and they're going to open for three additional teams to qualify through an online qualifier. Awesome. Um, And that will be held in Cookville at the Mayhem facility uh, around sometime in August. Um, Rory yesterday on the Mayhem Madness feed on YouTube said that he's actually responsible for all the media for that. And he said that something will be coming very, very soon this week uh, on the details of the mayhem madness. So that's, that's pretty cool. Maybe Kat and I can go back down and judge. I would love to. That would be super cool. Hey, I'll check my schedule. Maybe I can just, you know, ride along with you guys. Yeah. Glad turns out I'm not working. Road trip. <laughs> Yeah, Charlie's gonna, be, Charlie's gonna be staying at home with his seventeen kids and wiping poop off. We're, the we're gonna pull up in a black van with uh, scully caps on, right. and, and uh, just kidnap them and take off. Since Cat's a pro now, yeah, I'm good at it. Yeah, <laughs> almost. So the last thing we want to talk about any update on the. Uh... I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. It's a long story. We'll save it for the weekend. Okay, so the last thing I wanted to end with. <laughs> that's a teaser. You got to tune in next week. Yep. Uh, And we have a really cool interview coming out Monday. So you need to tune in for that. Um, But the last thing I wanted to say is I was watching um, Tommy and Sean yesterday, their podium picks and a little like pat on the back to us. They did their top three regional moments. Three of the six, the stories were told by the people involved on our podcasts. Yep. So that's pretty freaking cool. Uh, How do you think they're getting all their material? I know. Oh. (laughs) 
So, yeah, the Spieler making the games his last year. Uh, Fouché and the boot were on both of theirs. So, actually, there was only five because they both picked that one. Yeah. So, three of the five. And Con Porter's comeback win at his 2016. Yep. yep. Settle down. Yeah, calm down. <laughs> Sorry. Deep breath. So, yeah, pretty cool, huh? Yeah, very. Yeah, we're setting the bar for Tommy and Sean. Kind of a big deal. So if you want to check those out, they're past episodes. Um, and we're going to cut it short this week. Uh, so if you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Hit that notifier. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. <laughs> Do all those things. Uh, we really appreciate you. We appreciate your interest in this podcast. Uh, and we want to bring you the content you want. So please leave us a comment. And uh, keep hitting those subscribe button because we keep growing every episode. And that's been awesome. So we're on YouTube. We're on all the podcast platforms. And we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. Bye. See ya. Thank you so much for joining us on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. Remember, you can find us on YouTube now and all major podcast platforms. That's iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, we're available on all those. And please hit that subscribe button on whatever you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends.